Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Hey, welcome. It is Wednesday, April 7th. We're here on the Ohioan. Uh, Craig's all under the weather today. She's not here, but I got Brandon with me, as always. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing good, Chris. Fantastic. Um, you know, it was interesting. Uh, we didn't have you yesterday, and I had to scramble for some news, Brandon. It was one of those days where there was obvious news out there. But, man, Brandon, what news day? We got lots of stuff to talk about today. And first of all, I, I really want to hear your opinion about this because we got the news that Dr. Amy Acton is not running for U.S. Senate. She thought about it, and she said, hey, I'm going to do something else. And I was shocked, to be honest with you. It seemed like she was in, and we were talking about it in a chat, and you said you weren't really surprised. Why, why is that the case? I... Um... I don't know. I just something based on the on the limited evidence we have of her about her. Um, you know, I think she has. Do I think she has the chops to be a great political figure? Yeah, but I don't think it's not. It doesn't seem like an environment that. Um, I don't think she, from based on what she, what she's done so far, that I don't know if she's really uh, enjoyed. I'm just saying this as an outsider looking in. I, I, I just you know like. Um, you know, um, it says something about her that she kind of resigned from that position um, as a public health director uh, last year. Um, you know, and I think partly the biggest driver of that, based on her interview with the New Yorker, was she would, didn't really like the direction where the DeWine administration was going. I mean, um, there was a lot of uh, plotting and for of the DeWine uh leadership back then in the early, early months. Um, but then by time may kind of rolled around, that's when Dwayne started kind of lifting some of those restrictions, um, kind of, um, and that's when I think acted parted ways. And that's when Ohio started to climb back up in COVID cases. Um, you know, I think I would have, I think it would have been an interesting question that on a, for any candidate that ran against her in the primary to ask her, like, why didn't you stay? Why didn't you at least, really stressed the importance of that. I don't know. I don't know if that was something that was, that's came up in her conversations. The other factor too is, is that, um, you know, then she went on to the, um, Columbus foundation, uh, didn't not a long stint there. Um, maybe she'll go back after this. We'll see. But, um, you know, I, I think, um, um, I just think that's kind of why I wasn't surprised. Maybe I just don't for, for overall, I don't think it's, necessarily in an environment maybe she found attractive enough to accomplish whatever she wants to. I mean, maybe she was a little taken aback or she wanted to give it a consideration, but I don't know. That's just the feeling of vibe I was getting. 
Right, and, and nothing against what was happening with the um, her being a health director. I mean, good night. Last year, a lot of health directors were going for a bunch of crap, you know, based on protesters and everything else. Yeah, but I agree with you. I, I kind of think if you're having a hard time being a health director, not that she can't handle it or is there's anything wrong with her, but it's more of a thing of, man, if you're going to be a U.S. Senate, that's tough, you know? That'd be like if I said, hey, I can't handle my current job, but I want to be U.S. president. You're like, what? You know, <laughs> isn't that pressure too, you know? Um, so, yeah, I kind of think that too, but I don't know, Brandon, maybe the overriding question is Amy Atkins a popular figure you know, we could talk about uh, when we think about who's going to be a possible senator. But, man, I, I know we're still early, but, man, we're getting to the point where it's not super early anymore, and who do we have as candidates? I mean, technically, we don't have anybody official on the Democratic side. On the Republican side, um, we had a story yesterday about Bernie, I believe it's Mardino from he's a business guy from Cleveland. Uh, he put his hat in. Uh, we got Josh Mandel, and we've got Jane Timken. And, yeah, I mean, there's stuff to be said about, hey, in America, anybody could run, anybody could win. But, man, why isn't there any more establishment politicians or people in general running? I mean, it's a U.S. Senate seat. I mean, we're not talking about dog catcher of, of your local community. I mean, you would think that position itself would be more appealing than a lot of people would definitely throw a hat in. I wonder what's the hesitancy from people. I don't know. I guess we would have to say see if um, if I had time, <laughs> and if maybe a, a little more of a political journal, I would sit down, look at how often, um, how early have previous candidates announced they're they're running in previous years, and then see if uh, this is kind of if it's really it's just too early to announce you're running. But um, you know, we don't so we don't have that kind of comparison. It is. I do think this does. It's another kind of bit of evidential piece of like how Democrats don't perform well uh, in Ohio in the sense that, I don't know, they just don't have a good pool of candidates, it seems. It's, uh, or, and, um, and we don't, uh, um, yeah, it's, um, um, you know, and then I think, I thought, in fact, I'm a little, little disappointed of her if I if I was a Democrat, I would be disappointed if Acton was wasn't running because I felt like she actually had somewhat of a uh, good shot at winning the nomination and even possibly winning the election. Um, but depending on on you know Senate races, you know what whatever they may say, they're not like highly propped up by the media as they do with presidential debates. But I, I would have been curious to see what she would have had to say. Uh, but that's what I, I. But that was that was a go. That goes back to my original point: is that I can't imagine acting in that kind of more um, butting heads environment. Um, you know, debates are kind of vicious in some ways, and but may well more so on the presidential level. But I wouldn't be surprised um, if you had sort if it's become a become more of a vicious. Um, uh, ordeal, but at the Senate level than this day and age of politics. But, um, um, but that, that's just, again, it's just some, I'm all speculative. Um, but, um, yeah, I, it's to your question though. Um, I just don't think one, I think again, Democrats need to wake up and figure out how to 
get more candidates interested in running for these positions. <laughs> and as particularly though, focus at least gets win some Senate, Senate, Senate and Ohio uh, house seats. Um, and, um, you know, I think th that's the one, one thing that'll help them out is, you know, some of the redistricting reform might give them a much more competitive advantage. I don't think it, the reforms have gotten rid of gender gerrymandering completely. I think it might be more so for at the congressional level than the state, but, uh, um, yeah, we'll have to see. Interesting. And I'm looking at Tyler Buchanan's uh, Twitter feed. Um, he talks about this specific seat because obviously when you look at the uh, U.S. Senate in Ohio, uh, we have a Democrat in there uh, with uh, Cher Brown. Uh, but they're saying for that other seat that is currently held by Rob Portman, you know, Portman's not running. That's why we're having this discussion. Um, he's saying the last Ohioan to hold it in terms of Democrats is John Glenn. Uh, he left the office in 99. So, yeah, def definitely uh, it, it's been a while. So, and again, you know, we're apolitical. We're interested, you know, whoever's going to win, be it Republican or Democrat. I, I think, I guess, just the overriding point here that, you know, Brandon, me, and Craig have talked about for the past couple of weeks is just, I mean, look at the relative inexperience. I mean, Josh Mandel has been around state politics for a while. Um, let's be honest. I mean, you, you know, you might be out there saying, hey, I'm a Josh Mandel fan, but there's probably as many other ways you can criticize Josh Mandel as you can say you're a fan of Josh Mandel. I mean, let's just be honest. And Jane Timken, yeah, she ran the Ohio uh, Republican Party for a while. Does that make her the strongest candidate for U.S. Senate? I, I, I don't know. And this Bernie guy, I mean, he's a businessman, which, you know, you, you can make the argument saying, hey, you know, Trump became president as a businessman. And uh, Michael Bloomberg, you know, staged a campaign. I mean, it's not saying that he can't run. But again, we're saying U.S. Senate. I, I don't know. It just... It, it surprises me, and I, I'm wondering if established candidates are scared off right now or, or something. I mean, you're right. We're so early. Somebody can come in. Uh, there's always talk about Tim Ryan. Tim Ryan hasn't said anything officially. Um, he's pretty accepted as a U.S. rep. Uh, like you said, you kind of wonder. Um, Ohio's a pretty red state. So, you know, maybe some Democrats are like, eh, I'm not sure if I'm going to run. You know? I mean, that's the thing. I mean, Talk of running either for the governorship. Well, it'll be con you'll have to deal with mostly a Republican-controlled legislature, <laughs> um, and which, of course, continued. Which, my gosh, it really fought tooth and nail to, to grab some of that control from uh, Dewine, um, and then, of course, then. But so maybe, but you know, I think partly, maybe you know, Portman Portman's announcement. I don't know. I guess. I don't know if I want to say it came as a shock. Maybe to me, at least. Maybe to some political journal, maybe not. So uh, you know, they because they're more their fingers more on the pulse. But I think it just again speaks again to that. Um, um, you know, t it speaks again to the uh, fact that there's establishment candidates or establishment elected officials um, don't like what where the direction where Washington's going. Um, it just seems like nothing's getting done. Um, a lot of focus on partisan winning, um, you know, and that's just kind of um, um, probably why it's not an appealing, appealing place to be for the next six years. 
Um, so maybe that's what's spooking a lot of people away. Um, I keep wondering because again, you know, Ohio's Republican state, not that a Democrat can't win, but you know, it's a little bit harder. I, I mean, you look at the election. I mean, Trump won Ohio pretty handily, which kind of tells you maybe where the mindset is of Ohio on which way to lean politically. Yeah, you know, I was wondering, even the guy like John Hughes said, I mean, he's come out and said he's not interested. Um, that comment he made about, you know, COVID-19 and, you know, he called it the Wuhan virus, whatever the case might be. Strange comment for a lieutenant governor make. And it kind of makes you think, you know, why is he dipping his head on some national? I mean, it's not only a national issue, it's a state issue, but... I kind of wonder why is he making comments even like that? Either it's really unfortunate or there's some rhyme or reason. Well, what he's I, I still, I still think poor Houston got just looked at this head horribly written headline um, that, and probably thought, Ooh, Ooh, interesting news. But I, I don't know. Maybe I, I'm, I think you're probably, probably your explanations like more along the right lines about him thinking, tipping, trying to dipping a toes in national waters. But, uh, uh, national politic law waters that is, but uh, <laughs> but who knows? And, and the way working. it was written, it almost seemed like it was like, oh, this is now fact. <laughs> I, I feel, I'm so mad about that headline still. Well, and we're not breaking news. We don't know. We're just speculating here. But no, it just kind of makes me think. And you know, with the exception of Trump, who liked the tweet a billion times a day about whatever, whoever came to his mind, a lot of these other politicians don't just tweet just a tweet. There's usually a you know, a method or reason and everything. It, it was just kind of a strange tweet, but I not just speaking of Houston, but I wonder is, you know, is there another Republican out there that just says, Hey, I'm, you know, we're a Republican state state primarily. If I, I step in, I can beat Mandel. I could be Timken. I could beat the business guy from Cleveland. You, yeah. Establishment Republican. I mean, and that's the thing. I feel like, I feel like Ohio's not totally Trump camp, even though he won it. Single-handed, very Trump did very well in Ohio, but I I don't think I think that was I think again presidential election turnouts might be might be um um lower lower in the Senate a Senate race actually and that um in twenty twenty two there will be at least as my my assumption that a lot of the new voters or people who most likely didn't vote but did come out to vote for, because they wanted to vote for Trump. I'm not convinced yet that they will necessarily come out to vote for the Republican senator or even in the primaries. That is primary turnout. is going to be a different, whole different matter. So I really do think it, you know, I do feel like there's an opportunity for an establishment Republican. You know, I mean, I'm not saying like they're going to be very liberal. I'm just saying they're going to, you know, probably be still be pro-life. They'll probably still, um, you know, have um, some uh, physical conservative, uh, beliefs and that's fine. It's just that I feel like you know th they're not necessarily uh, they can. There's an opportunity for them to get on the train of look. I'm not running to be a Trump lackey. I'm not running to be um, a, a senator for Trump. I'm looking to be a senator for Ohioans. Um, well, let me, throw, let me throw a name at you because we gotta get to our next segment before long. What about John Kasich? I mean, I know there's some Republicans are still upset with him because he broke from the party in some ways with his non-support of, you know, former President Trump. But, you know, I, it, 
And I mean, I don't think he's ever said yes or said no to it. Again, we're wildly speculating. We don't know anything about this, but I don't know. That might be an idea. I think Kasich, of all the establishment ones, I would not pick Kasich. Mostly because of his involvement with the Democratic Congressional or Democratic Presidential Convention. Um, And um, I I don't know. But maybe, who knows, maybe he puts his Kasich, I don't know, because kind of people were kind of irked with with Kasich's administration in some ways, even amongst Republicans. And and, um, at least from what I've talked to, when I talked to Republican voters uh, in my circles, and I don't know if that's necessarily representative of everyone, but I don't know. Um, Yeah, but I just laugh at the fact that, you know, all the current candidates you've talked about for Senate, they all had to fly down to Trump and kind of do Shark Tank style, like, oh, support me, support me. Um, it's two uh, real quick things, and we'll get your viewpoint on this. Two other breaking news that we should talk about today, it may not be as relevant tomorrow. Um, it, talk to Tyler Buchanan from Ohio Capital Journal on Monday. We're talking about Mike DeWine, and, and I, I'm telling him, I say, Look, I don't know if Mike DeWine's going to get out of the primary. Um, Tyler says, Hey, you know, if the primary is today, probably not. But, you know, primaries in a year, you know, we're, we're, we're probably going to be a different place of COVID. Maybe some of the anger's gone. He says, hey, you know, he's going to pass the primary. He's not sure about the general election. And again, he's just predicting. Uh, do you think that makes sense? Oh, well, that'll be interesting. If <laughs> why, why wins the primary but loses the general? Um, yeah, that would be... Um, I think Tyler's got a point, though. Time time does tell. I mean, that's why people for a while now have said they like to see House rep- House representatives have longer terms than the two year one in Congress. Um, move bump it up maybe to three because they're too bit. They spend one year maybe legislating, one year campaigning, because um, there's you know people's whims are so they change every change like the weather. So um, maybe Dewine might benefit from the anger dissipating by next year. Well, but I don't know. We'll, I, I feel like the, the, um, anti shutdown crowd is that anger's kind of almost imprinted, I think, but, um, we'll have to see. Well, and the other thing, uh, Jeff Seitz, uh, he is a business guy from the democratic side up in the, um, Craig's area. Craig wrote the story yesterday. Uh, he's made 386,000 in political, donations. Uh, he's trying to beat up uh, Jim Jordan. And it was kind of interesting. Um, you know, I mean, he's doing He's getting money. I'm assuming that's not just from Fremont people. It's probably from national people who are upset with Jim Jordan, you know, just with, uh, with the way uh, he's been. Um, but it's interesting. I, we talked to some experts yesterday too. And uh, behind the scenes, they said, look, you know, he's, he's, Doing pretty well political contribution wise, but you know Jim Jordan, love him or hate him, uh, he's in a, a, a campaign that you know he'll probably end up winning. Uh, I think it's the biggest con there. I would say uh, if if you know you can't beat, I don't think unless Jim Jordan does something miraculously politically toxic, even for his base, um, you know you're just wasting your money giving it to someone who's in a gerrymandered district. I mean, Hey, good luck, um, for his sake, but, um, um, you know, kind of, 
um, kind of, I think that's why you usually see more of these um, kind of races. Um, it's when the polling gets narrower. Um, that's when I think it's, it's a good time. If polling is nowhere, if the guy's not polling anywhere near and not to say there's polls available to know that, but if there's, it's, um, if there's, if it doesn't seem like there's any competitiveness, I wouldn't even bother, but that's just me. Yeah. And Tim Jordan, 6.1 million is campaign war chest. Obviously, you know, he's got a races and I don't know. Um, you know, Craig Brandon and I have talked about this before. He may, you may see a Jim Jordan in 2024, I got a feeling, if Trump decides to get running for whatever reason. Or maybe maybe he's a running mate for Trump. Who knows? I mean, I, I can see that potentially happening. Again, this is just analytical speculation. Um, we haven't heard that officially from anybody, but kind of makes you think when you see some of the stuff that's happening. All right, well, we got to move on to a second segment. But as always, let us know what you think about this. Um, it, I know some people are turned off on politics in general, but hey, we got to pay attention. I mean, again, we're talking about U.S. Senate seat. This is pretty big. I'll be interested to see what the future of this would be. Um, and as always, check out our sponsors. I need to mention Hope Interrupted. Uh, episode three of the podcast dropped uh, this morning. Uh, Chris Gibson, she's a, I believe she was in Cincinnati for a little bit, but she's now back in New Orleans as a TV anchor. Uh, Byron and Jennifer talked about them, about civil conversations. And again, we need that today. It's very important. And also, too, um, it's doing really well on our numbers. Uh, check out, uh, I talked with um, former Hedys and Petra lead singer uh, John Schlitt the other day. I uh, got some nice words from John last night. Check out the podcast. Very interesting. Uh, he talks about his career in mainstream and Christian music. A lot of interesting comments about where music's going these days. So definitely check out, too. All right. Thanks for checking out the Highland. We'll be back shortly with another segment. Have a good one. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.